So this is all very interesting, but it's time to record the podcast. There you go. He smites polite mice. He- <laughs> red leather, yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather, <laughs> leather. Hello, and welcome to Interface. My name is Andrew Lilja, and with me, as always, are Chase Musil and Ian Fuchs. And it's actually it's a pleasure to have Chase with us for two episodes in a row. Hey-o. Two? This will be four, um, but no one's counting. <laughs> four? Is that what you said? <laughs> it's been yeah. a four. <laughs> and uh, so the other night, I was, well, last night, I was using Facebook Live to show people a video of my guinea pigs, and I actually <laughs> thought it was really quite interesting uh, and fun to use. And Ian, you have a sort of a special use case. You and your wife used it for a, uh, a remote, a virtual baby shower. Yeah. So I, I had tinkered years ago with streaming platforms, like the live video platforms, and never really saw the purpose of them or the like how they fit other than to share like I'm at a concert or a performance or uh, some breaking news is happening or something like that. And I couldn't figure out like what else could a regular consumer use these for like on a daily basis. And, and as you, as you kind of twiddled around on like Periscope and Meerkat and crap like that, it was like, Oh, I'm just sitting here in my bedroom talking to a bunch of people randomly on the internet. And they're just telling me to show them their boobs or my (laughs) boobs or whatever. Like, I mean, that was, that was the gist of what, what most of it was. And I was like, I don't like this because it's so public that people don't act like themselves, both on the broadcaster side and the communicator side. So we were, discussing having this baby shower and my family's kind of spread out all over the midwest and even other parts of the country and so it was like how can i do something where everybody can feel like they're part of it while also not having to travel hundreds and hundreds of miles and pay for hotels and all that stuff sure right makes a lot of sense and and so i kind of settled in on, on facebook live because i can have the privacy controls of facebook which is as much as people complain about them sometimes they can be really good and really powerful and also at the same time could still make it a uh an open thing yeah it's really interesting and i really like the idea of being able to have what amounts to a uh concurrent event happen with people who can't all meet the same physical location does it sort of feel like, I mean, one of the promises of VR is that you could have everybody in the same room together, right? Like you'd everybody's on the couch watching TV and that'd be a really cool thing to do. Is this sort of like the baby version of that? Or do you think this is something different? I think this is more of the idea of a FaceTime call, but mm-hmm. it's a little more open. It's less driven by conversation and more driven by being a on-camera personality because like sure i mean you guys both went back and watched it or watched it live and so like yes people were commenting things and saying like oh who is that from or that looks super cute or haha that's wonderful but most of the time we were doing our shower itself it was cj and i talking to the camera just as talent right. basically <laughs> so i mean it's 
Yeah, it's interesting you say that. So I think a baby shower is a uniquely useful thing for this application because it's sort of it's a performance sort of thing, right? You're opening gifts, you're talking to each other and about the stuff you have, but not really it, it's not really a back and forth so much as it is just like you said, like it's a presentation, a, a broadcast, to everybody like that. And I think so. Not having to have everybody in the same room makes that work really well. And that event is already a performance because you're over there trying to impress everybody and make sure that you cover all the gifts that you get. But I think right. I think the thing that this is that we're like talking about still is that the internet at some point I don't know I don't three or four years ago we realized that we didn't want absolutely everything to be public all the time because you know the first wave of everything is social was like get it online post your blog for the world to see post your tweets and your thoughts and Facebook status updates and blah 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 right I mean Facebook is a little less than that but it still was like to your wide community of friends which was almost unfiltered for the beginning. And now you have right. things like Snapchat that are proliferating specifically because they're more private, right? Because you want to pick your audience and you want to act like yourself and not act like this is me and my face for everyone to see, but I want to be goofy and do something silly on Snapchat or have a private you know, Facebook live event and then get your permission set, right? So that way only family can see it and not the whole world or all your friends. But right, the, the promise is that you can have these you know, circles of friends. It's weird how Google Plus had this idea that could have, in theory, been the best thing ever. <laughs> I mean, Google Plus had a really interesting idea to do that, but I ultimately think that Facebook's implementation is more interesting and better in theory because it's much more granular. Oh, I'm, I'm not arguing that. I just think that it's like one of these things where Google Plus, I feel like, had all the features we wanted years ago, but it wasn't implemented right. correctly and it was a little bit ahead of its time. Well, I think Google Plus actually got a little too – it forced you to get too nitpicky with it where you had to put everybody into circle. I, and I, I didn't use it. This is just my understanding how the system works where you had these circles and then you posted things to those circles and you could have some and not others. Um, but it meant that if you wanted to send it to like – just some people in a circle, but not everybody in the circle. You couldn't make that happen. You could do individuals. Yeah. It all worked. It just required because a lot of do, input. Okay, yeah. Whereas in Facebook, I think it has more. I, I don't know if it's better or not, but the great the ability to select people per post or groups or that kind of thing per, per element you post or dealing with, I think, is a better way of handling it than having to deal with the large granular circles. I think Facebook just has a bigger bin size. Like they just don't let you have as much control, and that's what makes it easier for people. I think. I, I think Facebook. The the upside of Facebook is I can say. Uh, so the example of the the shower, I set my permissions wrong initially. So there were some people that yeah. it, it wasn't a big deal. It wasn't like randos that I don't know at all showing up. <laughs> but there were people there that I wouldn't have normally invited to a baby shower. And yes, and so it was like now I have to go back retroactively and, and change the permissions to fix it. But what I had set up front wasn't quite right. One thing it did let me do when I went back to change it was say, okay, I want this group of friends except and you could subtract people from the list of of guests which is kind of cool so i could say i could do friends minus chase and minus andrew or whatever it was i didn't know you guys but it's probably the right thing to do to be honest i'm a mess at these sorts of things <laughs> so uh, that that worked out really well uh, and that was the thing that google plus didn't have so like you said you either had to say i wanted everybody that was in this type of permission group or I wanted to one by one add people until I was yeah. satisfied with what I had. Yeah, sure. It's a lot of micromanagement. Yeah. So one of the things I'm curious about is 
Well, I guess so. When I saw it later, I thought I was actually seeing it live because it says Facebook Live. It looks live. You mm. see the comments show up live, and then it took me a little while to realize. Oh wait, this happened like three hours ago. <laughs> I I think there's a huge interest. Well, I have a personal interest. I don't maybe not a huge on in real life, but I have this big fascination with asynchronous interactivity. And so, um, you know, thinking about like playing chess by mail or like D and D turns like once per day. Right. Um, so there's different things like that, but the sense that like, I'd be curious if a Facebook live, which is, it is confusing because it's called live and it looks live and the comments come in, you know, in real time for the time that they happened. I I'd be curious if somebody could, would figure out how to capitalize on an asynchronous mode of communication that still played off of the live component, right? So here's an event, you're experiencing it, and we're all experiencing it for the first time at the same time, you know, as relative to the video, but not in absolute time. So like I could watch something two hours later, you guys could watch something and we could see each other's reaction, you know, reactions or comments or whatever, right? Facebook is already doing that uh, to some extent. So if you go back uh, and like watch the ones that Andrew did the other night, and Mm -hmm. as you play them, there's a couple comments that pop up and they Mm -hmm. pop up in the comments as you're watching the video at like, yeah. time synced to the video yeah, you're that's watching. Right. So they, they're already taking care of some of that. Like what you're seeing feels like the other people are watching it live with you. Yeah. So you're all experiencing it relative. So you don't mm-hmm. like, I looked at it and I, I scrolled to the bottom of the comments on, right. on the, our, our shower. And I was like, you could tell that there were things that we got as gifts because somebody had commented about them already. Right. And not that it's a big deal in this situation, but that could be in theory, like a spoiler to what you're doing. Spoilers. Yeah. Right. So by watching the video and having those comments show up in real time, now you're not seeing a comment that's, you know, for something that's 20 minutes in when you're only five minutes in. No, I, yeah, I totally, I get that. And I think that's the cool part. Now my question is how do you capitalize on that on the next step? So this way, when I rewatch your, baby shower and i want to comment is there a second like tier of commenting or is it in line but it has some type of marker that denotes that i watched it at a later date or something but you could still see my comments roll through so like think about so i'll throw this at you you do your baby shower right you have that a couple people watch it live and comment and then you post it online andrew watches it you know a day later i watch it two days later and we all post on it you go back and watch and now you can see all of the aggregate like in total the aggregate comments and when they were posted relative to the video, so you can see your your shower with our new comments sure. added so to if, it. If you I comment if twelve minutes there. in, does it show up at the end of the comments because you commented two days later, but twelve minutes no, in the it, video, or no, does it show to the up video. at twelve minutes, yeah. regardless yeah. of the other comments that may happen after that by other people? And that's what I'm saying. I think there's potential for an ag- like some type of asynchronous communication in that way, because the first step is there, like you said. I'm just wondering if there's another another element to the interactivity. I'm fascinated by this as a use. I feel like it was originally intended to just sort of be this hyperlocal passive sort of thing, but I really like the idea that you can use it to bridge long distances and like something about a virtual baby shower. Uh, it seems like the perfect application of this technology to do something really interesting with. Like, what else would you use this for? Uh, well, I, so using, like I said, I've I've been on enough of these different streaming platform things and tried enough of them out, um, and seeing where their push is. Uh, one of the first ones that I remember being involved with or knowing about was called Hang With, and their big push was they had like Fifty Cent and Cheech and Chong, and uh, like some news anchor Super. from L.A. or something like these, just these yeah, kind of like celebrity type people 
and they would do like, oh, check out me backstage at this thing or here right. I am in the studio oh, doing this stuff. And okay. so it was a way for people to like get like this behind the scenes, you know, mm-hmm. part the kimono type thing and, and see what's going on in the background. Uh, is that not what you say? Ooh. Yeah. Um, um, 50 cents. <laughs> so like I said, the, I think the big push for the companies is to try to get the celebrities on board with them and try to get them to use those. Uh, Jimmy yeah. Fallon does a thing or did a thing on Periscope when that was out uh, and fairly new where he would do his monologue rehearsal on Periscope. So even if you weren't there, you could actually go and see the monologue at what three in the afternoon or whatever. Yeah. Hours before the show was ever to air. So you'd be like, Oh, Hey, look at that. Yeah. And, and so it was this whole like behind the scenes thing. And that, that drove a lot of people to the app. But when you Mm -hmm. look at the majority of people who are using it, like I said, so much of it is just people sitting around in their underwear, playing video games and talking with randoms on the internet. It's yeah, so like what, some of the use cases I've seen for this technology, and it's like been Periscope Glide, which was like a real time you know video chat app. I didn't get what the point of that was. Sorry, but anyway, Glide. Oh, because you could do pre recorded messages, and so it'd be asynchronous video. Anyway, but there's different been different versions of this, including Facebook Live. And the thing that seems to be popular, like I've seen through all of these, are like the home sales people or salespeople of any type that like want to demo product for you, like they're selling candles or they're selling like Zulily clothes or whatever. And they're whatever they're called. And then you can say like, you can join in live and be like, Hey, can you show me what this looks like on? And so like throw on like a jacket and be like, this is what it looks like. Hey, do you want to have any questions for me? And like these types of like, let me sell you this thing. Those are pretty like successful examples of all the live stuff because then people are like asking questions in real time and they're like, Oh yeah. If you order to like, you know, tonight I'm going to give you this discount or whatever. I like this. I guess. So what I realized is I really like it for connecting, uh, people you know together because a lot of it i feel like is that sort of one-to-many mass anonymous communication whereas this is really interesting because it's one-to-many semi-mass but highly personal it's just your family uh was it weird being performative like did you feel like you had any sort of back and forth with people or was it just that you were sitting there on the couch opening stuff and talking to the ipad with no real connection to anyone on it um it it was mostly I, I had the benefit of CJ was sitting there next to me and our friend was sitting five feet away and she was the one who was, oh, yeah, really? she was the one who was actually prompting us with the questions as people would say them in the chat. Oh, so I had two people there that like if, if I needed to look up and just like make eye contact with somebody to have that, like feel like I'm talking to right. someone and not talking to a robot, I could look up at one of them and, and have that mental feeling. But at the same time, I'm also the type of person where I've done radio, I've done TV stuff, so I've done these podcasts where I have and haven't seen people on the other end of it. Yeah, so, yeah, sure. I didn't realize you had another person yeah, there. Yeah, so, so we had I, I, the combination of having people in the room and um, having done this before or done that kind of stuff before, it right. felt less weird. Uh, but again, I've, I also spent time on Periscope and Meerkat and Hang With and stuff like that where sure. I've had the experience of... I'm just talking into the camera and all I'm seeing turn back at me is either the comments that are floating up or my face. And right. And so just being good at steering myself in the conversation. But I I think a lot of people have a hard time with it where they, or could have a hard time with it where they turn this on and they're like, 
I don't know what to do because there's no one talking to me. There's no one prompting me with information. What do right. I do now? This turns it into much more of an audiovisual production where you actually, I can imagine you have like the camera going on one screen. You've got somebody sitting with an iPad, keep monitoring the comments and asking you questions. I wonder how well it would work if you just had like a, a virtual avatar that was on screen reading things out or displaying things to you. So it wasn't a real person. It was just like like a floating disembodied head that you could make eye contact with whenever you wanted a question. So I've, so I've got good, I have a good example in here. So this is everything you just talked about. Ian is suspiciously familiar to me because when I teach, we always have online components of classes and the same thing happens here. So generally what you have is you have um, an undergraduate assistant who's operating the, like the online presence and they moderate for all the online students and they're doing the role that you just specified, right? With someone who's reading the incoming questions and relaying them back because as you're teaching or lecturing or whatever, you're not paying attention to the chat for the online component. And so um, one thing that I tried in my class that was really good that just it fills that gap is we had a robot called the Kubi robot and there's another one from Double Robotics that's really fun which is like a segue that wheels around an iPad but both of them um, they fill this gap where it's an iPad where the person who's in the video conference or whatever you know platform you're using with you they come to the screen or I mean if you have only have one you could have multiple people go to it but you know ideally you'd have like your first line of students would be like 10 iPads or whatever using like the Kubi or whatever and I would have somebody log into the Kubi and they were dedicated to that and then when they would ask questions i could make eye contact with the ipad and look at them and they'd ask their questions so that it was a nice one-to-one -one parallel without the intermediary cool. this is the thing they, they always show around where like somebody goes to wait in line for the new iphone or something like that and they're the ipad face and they have some yeah. like handler that's there with this Segway ipad yeah that's right okay yeah there's a, a wired article that i read a while back called my life is a robot where this woman uh, who works in the wired office is normally remoted for like a week or a month or something like that. Mm -hmm. And she said it was really cool at first. And then it rapidly got kind of weird because you become highly reliant on Wi-Fi, And so you develop a second sense of where the Wi-Fi is going to be good and where it's going to be bad. <laughs> and also just like you sort of feel disconnected. You have to rely a lot on other people to s help you solve problems, that kind of thing. Yeah. It was interesting. And and also how she sort of then eventually felt like physically connected to what the robot was doing in a way she didn't expect. That's interesting. This has this has the VR parallels that you talked about earlier though too, like how do you feel present in a space that isn't yours or that you're not physically in, right? And mm -hmm. so the double robotics Segway robot is one of them, but like VR having, you know, your avatar. So I don't, I'll find the article as well, but there's this nice article about um, a guy having a long-term relationship with his girlfriend or, you know, long distance relationship with his girlfriend. And they spend most of their time together in VR and they used alt space oh, or yeah. something. And like, he was like, he picked like the default male avatar. Um, but the, the girlfriend picked like a floating robot thing or whatever, which looked like it was the one out of borderlands. And, um, or something like that. And clap then he, trap. yes, yeah, I think you slap trap or whatever, clap trap. And he, like, he uh, began to visualize her as the robot, right? Or whatever. And, like, that was right, his. Right. his so anyway, yeah, this, like, how do you touch with people outside of your physical space? One unexpected thing that people have brought up when their associates and workmates have been using the double robot thing, the, the iPad on a Segway, is that it's really hard to tell if somebody's there or not because there's not a lot of information on the screen to people around the robots and know, like, if somebody's listening or not. I can't remember who this was, but some Silicon Valley boss is known for using this all the time. And he'll just be like parked in the corner of a room uh, and obviously like not paying attention to what's on the screen super closely. Like he'll be doing something else on his computer. But then like 
someone will be talking they won't realize that he's there and then he'll hear something interesting and the like the robot will perk up and wheel around and face them and drive over to him and it's really unnerving because you didn't know he was there you didn't know he was <laughs> listening it sort of feels like he snuck up on you oh that's creepy there's there's one other like thing that happens in these like telepresent scenarios where uh, there's a, a local company called Workiva based out of Ames, and they have remote offices in a lot of different places around the U.S. and I think internationally as well. But um, most of their offices, if not all of them, have dedicated desk space to you know individuals that are sort of higher up in the company. So if you want to approach your boss who's never there but he has a desk in your in your facility, you can walk up to their desk and they're like live streaming um, their own Hangout feed, their own like Google Hangout feed. 24 seven. So if they're at their desk, you can just walk up to them. It's neat. It's weird. It seems like it would be weird. Yeah, like, apparently how, it works how do you find then. out if they're there? Like you have to come around and like peek at the screen and be like, Oh, hi. I was just seeing if you were in today. <laughs> I didn't yeah. actually have a question by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, yeah. The feeling of presence in, in remote spaces is his own interesting thing. And they do something like where they have a whiteboard that's shared. So that way you can, you know, see what's for lunch in Denver versus, you know, seeing what you know, tasks other groups have in a different space. But anyway, Strange. I'm glad yeah. lunch and tasks are both of equal priority <laughs> it's, there. Well, it's all about rapport building at distance because working at distance as you guys, you know, if you haven't done it a lot and for anyone who listens, it's, it can be challenging. And I think like rapport and community is some of the most difficult things to, you know, replicate what you get. You get that sense of when you're in person, but you don't really get that when you're at distance. Sure. You guys know about the, the world's first webcam, right? The University of Cambridge. I'm, I'm guessing uh, it was like a Logitech two, 123. 240 by 360 video. I mean, <laughs> I can't imagine it was uh, great. It was, it was a 128 by 128 grayscale picture of the current state of the coffee pot in the Oh, room yes, I did know hall. this. I yeah. did know this because then they could check to see if it was on and if there was coffee left. Super, yep. super yep. important thing. Really good. Live streamed on the internet yeah. 24-7. <laughs> yeah, it's fascinating how things have changed so much and then also not at all it's true so ian would you uh you think would you do this again for other things or is this sort of a failed experiment for you uh, i would say it was successful enough that i would do it again if i had an event to do it for i i have a feeling that there will be at least once or twice after we have our baby that we will do some type of live video thing for mm-hmm. family and close friends to to pop in on. I will do a better job of permissions on the next one. So you don't have unexpected guests Correct. showing up. Um and so I, I do think there's there's a high opportunity for it to be powerful um and and useful for people. I I still have a hard time understanding how other people would use this like in a regular situation. Um, you know, somebody who's not a celebrity that doesn't have any particular event. Like, I don't feel, I don't feel like you're going to see a lot of people going on and just saying, here's my guinea pigs, check them out. <laughs> uh, <laughs> may, maybe I'm wrong, but, uh, I'd had a couple tiki drinks last night too. So that was part of the inspiration. <laughs> so, um, so how long do you think it is before somebody gets married? on uh, facebook live actually like has the we, wedding on facebook live yeah right I, it wouldn't I'm surprise sure that's already happened. it's probably already done well so, uh, 
I mean, people have gotten married, like in World of Warcraft, there was marriages, like at distance. So, I mean, this like distance marriage or whatever, these like serious commitment at distance is nothing new. I mean, the video streaming component of it is like, I would assume that's not even new in any factor, but I mean, Facebook Live specifically is probably relatively novel. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that um, kind of related to that or tangentially related to that. I know there was a big deal the first proposal on periscope i remember periscope putting out a blog post about it and how powerful their platform was because they were they had a proposal that happened um and i'm not sure if that was a proposal where somebody else was holding the camera pointing at two people or if it was somebody proposing to someone else via the platform Um, but i do know that that was a big deal so i i would imagine that it's uh not far away yeah, it's interesting. I, I wonder really how widespread it will be used and if it becomes a sort of a thing we see everywhere or just something that is used occasionally by people who are particularly into it like you are. Yeah, I don't know. I, th- I think that yeah, you may see at some point in time in the future um, a a more full-fledged app or uh, a web-based, like computer-based platform that allows people to actually use it for multi-camera high production stuff and i think that's going to be the that's the thing that i think is going to drive any of these live platforms like that is the ability to do produced content and not just here's me with an iphone taking video of my dog or my baby shower now what you want is claptrap floating around being your you know um, automated video recorder answering your questions and relaying the internet back to you (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you can find show notes for this week's episode at interface.fm slash 14. If you're into Reddit, you can drop in and join the conversation at our interface podcast. You can also follow the show on Twitter at underscore interface FM. Um, you can also like the page or our page on Facebook. Just search interface podcast. And finally, thank you to the listeners for tuning in, subscribing, doing whatever it is you do. We'll be back next Monday and every Monday. Like clockwork work. We should just release the episode without his audio. Without oh his audio? God damn it. We almost had that with Chase. <laughs> oh, it was dangerously close. You laugh. <laughs> We're like uh, a minute, 30 seconds, a minute in. And I was like, oh shit, I'm not recording. Oh God. I'm glad you didn't say anything about it till well after we were done. Oh yeah. So I could not stress about that. <laughs> it would have been better had I not started any recording. And then you could have had a trash Skype audio. Hey, but if if that's what happens, I don't edit it. I just put the trash Skype audio up. Oh yeah, and then it, like it's a little out of sync with our audio, so it sounds doubled at some points during the episode. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Something like that.